We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear such as tees and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order. They are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together. is going on everyone this is drew code sports talk and i am your host Andrew right and over in his living room is my co-host cody johnson cody what is going on everybody welcome to the show yes you see it we're here we've been on a hiatus since uh the week before thanksgiving uh i'd like to think that we've upgraded our audio stuff hopefully we sound a lot better i think we do uh, but nevertheless, though, we are here for you guys and we have a huge episode for you guys. We have a, uh, obviously we're talking Raiders since they had that great overtime win in Seattle. Uh, we're also talking about top five MVPs of the NFL as of right now. Hopefully we'll squeeze in some Lakers talk. And I know Andrew's hoping that we can get some baseball talk in. We've been talking about doing it for about four weeks so hopefully we actually get to do it this time well we better because uh you know the winter meetings are coming up on sunday so we better yes we we probably will get to that but anyways guys before we get started before i kick it back over to drew before you do anything else please go and subscribe to the podcast go and subscribe to us on youtube like follow and share all of our content through instagram tiktok twitter uh, Facebook, all the other great stuff. And then don't forget to go see our partners to help support us. SeatGeek being one of them, get $20 off when you use the promo code Drew code for your first order. All right, Drew. So I know that you usually do this, but the only way I can really kick it back over to you is saying, how's it going, man? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, Thanksgiving was good. Yes, it was a good Thanksgiving. Um, my wife and I, uh, well, I should say my wife blessed me with, uh, being able to go to a concert, uh, with one of my favorite mm-hmm. bands that I've listened to for God, since like 2000, 2001, something like that. It's been, a, <laughs> it's been a long time. So, um, uh-huh. and I just kind of aged myself a little bit, but that's all right. Anyway. So, uh, my wife, uh, was like, yeah, let's go to a concert. We were supposed to go in March. It got postponed because of uh, COVID and it was kind of ramping up and everything. But uh, in the end, uh, you know, we we ended up uh, being able to, they moved it to the day before Thanksgiving in Oakland. So we traveled, honestly, it took us like two and a half hours, really, uh, because I was hauling ass. And uh, also, (laughs) also, uh, there was like really no traffic going to Oakland, which was kind of crazy. So... Uh, we kind of got lucky in that perspective, so uh, it was fun, man. We had a great time, loved it. Uh, almost got lost in San Francisco um, oh, because, you know, if Cody, you know why uh, my wife and I we do this, but um, we we never drive into San Francisco. If we're planning on going to San Francisco, we never drive in. 
I got uh, broke down one time uh, in San Francisco. I think I I've told the story before. I don't know if it was on here or when we were doing two bays, but anyway, Probably. we broke down. And uh, so uh, ever since then, we've just been like, no, nah, we're not even going to mess with it. Not not even going to touch it anymore. We're just going to be smart about it. Take the BART in to wherever we can lift. You know, you can use the city trans uh, transportation. And actually, they have like these. Um, what do you call it? They have these um, uh, uh, like this app that you use. It's called Clipper. And you can mm. use it on the BART, on the city buses, on the, the on the ferries, anything like that in San Francisco. Any transportation, you can actually use that everywhere. So we, we downloaded that and we used it. And so we tried to use the city bus, the Muni, and mm-hmm. good God, you don't realize how big of a city San Francisco is <laughs> until you have to figure out where you're going to stop, where the bus stops are, and all. So it, it was a learning curve, but uh, we went down to Little Italy, and uh, had some of the best Italian food I have ever had. It was phenomenal. We went to this restaurant called Luisa's Restaurant. And this lady has had it since like the 1950s. And it, I had, the, I had pizza and I had a meatball pizza. All it was, mm-hmm. Cody, was dough, uh, red sauce, cheese, and like big chunks of meatball on top. Okay. That's all it was. I have a picture of it, mm-hmm. but um, it was the best pizza I've ever had. <laughs> it was the best pizza and the best <laughs> meatball I've ever had. I'm a huge meatball fan. Uh, my wife is not so much into meatballs, but she was even like, can I have some of yours? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, can I have another meatball? Like she kept asking for my meatballs. And I was like, well, you don't even like <laughs> usually eat meatballs. She's like, no. So. We had a great time there. The concert was absolutely amazing. We ate so much that we had like two or three drinks and we were good. We were not even feeling it. We were thinking about going to a bar, but uh, unfortunately, (laughs) the day before Thanksgiving, bars really aren't popping. Um, And uh, (laughs) so we woke up early the next morning and left and uh, came and helped out Thanksgiving and, and did all that and stuffed our faces there. So it was... It was such a great time. And then uh, Friday, I went to uh, to my family's, which actually was super fun as well. Um, we had a great time there. And so, yeah, it was it was a good Thanksgiving. How was yours? You know what? It was, uh, I, I don't want to say uneventful as in a bad thing. It was actually really nice. Um, we always go over my in-law's house. So we went over there and we were kind of just making fun of my father-in-law a little bit because he is a guy that you cannot make uh, he will never be happy with anything. So we were making we were making the point that like we will we will advise him to watch a movie that we think is phenomenal. It's funny or it's a feel good movie or whatever, and we'll we'll watch it with him. And then you know the end of the movie comes and we think he's belly rolling laughing, you know, or he we think he liked the movie, and then we go, so what'd you think? Like we really want to get his opinion. He goes, nah, I didn't like it, and we're just like. What? And so it just, you know, just turns into like, that's pretty much what Thanksgiving with him is like is, uh, you know, he's never happy with anything and we can never watch anything that we're all kind of into. And then, so we just get to tease him. And then of course we do our annual family photos with my in-laws as well, where we stress about what color we're going to wear. And then we fight <laughs> the, the morning that we get to the, 
to the place to do these photos. And we take photos at JCPenney's because I think my in-laws get like coupons every year for it or whatever. And especially on this day, we took a, we took the photos on Saturday and mm-hmm. I think our appointment was like nine 30. They tell us to be there at nine o'clock. And so we do show up for that and you know, stuff happens. There's only one person that's doing photos in the register and it's early in the morning. And you know, again, I work in the hospitality industry so we're short staffed. I get it. Like the stuff happens. You just got to be flexible. He just wanted to make sure he let everybody know what time our appointment was initially for. And then, you know, that he was, he got a phone call and he just wanted to plead his case about why, you know, they were behind and why it's an inconvenience, which, you know, rightfully so. But it was just kind of like after a point, it was, we were kind of just joking, like, all right, guys, new drinking game. You guys have to take a shot for every time dad tells somebody about, you know, what time we were supposed to start shooting and how he's <laughs> upset that we're late and all this other stuff. Now, mind you, we don't have anything planned the rest of the day. The rest of the day is free, but because he, it's not punctual, like he was hoping for, he just wanted to let everyone know and hear out his grievance. So that's pretty much what our Thanksgiving and family photos consist of. And so uh, ultimately though, it's fun hanging out with family not a whole lot of family drama, but just, you know, being able to appreciate the the smaller things and the little personality quirks of everybody, I suppose. But it was fun, ultimately. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, what is a what is a holiday without um, without having some, uh, you know, someone just constantly like, we got to do this. We got to do that. You know, that's like yeah. that's every holiday. You know. I will say, though, while we were walking around, it was Saturday, of course, while we were walking around, I couldn't help but the dad of me goes, oh, that's a pretty good deal right over there. Because, again, it's the day after Black Friday. They still got <laughs> stuff going on. I was like, oh, my gosh, honey, did you see the savings over here? We should go check this out. You know, so I couldn't help, I couldn't help you know, Part of me was trying to sway my wife to go over there so to look at it. <laughs> I thought about you um, when we were taking – we had to take – my wife and I, we took a lift to um, – to the BART station from our hotel room. Mm-hmm. And while we were in there, I leaned over to my wife and I go, should I, should I pull a Cody? She was like, please don't, please <laughs> just don't right now. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I wanted to ask him how, you know, Oh, so is this, is this your regular job or, you know, you, you just do this for extra cash. <laughs> okay. So since you guys have dogged me on that, when I was in Arizona for work, I only talked to one Uber driver the whole time because the first night I got there, I didn't say a word to this guy. The second time I was there, he was just asking me and I help and I go, Oh, that's cool. So are you from Arizona or <laughs> you like, couldn't help it? You couldn't hold back. <laughs> so yeah, since then oh I've, been trying to, I've been trying to lessen it, but I can't help it. Like when I'm sitting in somebody else, a stranger's car, which is, I, which is funny to begin with. That's a whole nother topic, but how could you not have somewhat of a conversation? It's awkward. Like you're just sitting back there in silence, you know, like, I mean, because they don't care, Cody, they don't care. You really don't care. You try and act like you do, but you really don't care what this person is doing. And if you come to that agreement and you sit in that car and that guy doesn't say anything to you, you're golden. They're just taking you They're They're getting paid. They don't care. They don't need to make conversation. I'm sure Cody, we're going to take you to these progressive uh, commercial uh, classes. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by progressive. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're going to, we're going to get you, uh, we're going to get your help that you need. All right. Well, enough, right. About, <laughs> enough about me, Drew. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off? All right. So uh, let's talk a little NFL first. Um, obviously 
there was a lot of NFL games. I mean, there was what three games on uh, during Thanksgiving. I unfortunately really didn't get a chance to watch really any of it. Um, I saw majority of the second game, the Cowboys. Um, I forgot who they played. <laughs> Cowboys the and someone. Cowboys and Giants. Oh, it was the Giants. That's right. I watched a little bit of of that, but uh, everyone wanted to watch movies and and all that, which is fine. I mean, I I wasn't really too pressed about. It. I mean, my team wasn't playing, so I really didn't care. Um, and honestly, I didn't think that the Thanksgiving games were that interesting, to be perfectly honest. I mean, Cowboys and Giants, yes, I know it's a rivalry game, yada, yada, yada. But I thought the Lions and Bills was probably going to be the most interesting game out of all three of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I It, it just uh, it didn't really appeal to me this year, but maybe because I was kind of like mad because the Raiders are kind of terrible. Well, anyway. I watched a little bit of the Bills and the uh Lions game and it actually seemed a lot closer than what it looked like and for a minute you thought the Lions were kind of in control at least the feeling I got from it and it wasn't until probably about the seven minute mark of the fourth quarter Bills finally kind of put it away in a sense and the Lions just didn't have enough to to really uh, challenge following that or I know it came down to field goals but you just felt like that the Lions had it had it under control until you know the Bills would get on the field and I think Josh Allen had turned the ball over And it was two drives later, he basically went down the field and scored. Then they got a game winning field goal. So it, it, the lions felt like they controlled majority of that game, but the bills, you know, did what bills do. And they just came back in, in spectacular fashion. So, yeah, well, let's talk about, let's talk about our team first. The, um, the Raiders, they win a thriller in Seattle. I mean, it was a, it was a big game. Um, you know, now the Raiders have four wins <laughs> and still seven losses. And, you know, I'm starting to see Raider Twitter come back to life and be like, still possibility of playoffs. I'm still going to pump the brakes. Um, I think Seattle, and, and this is going to go to the question here. You know, I feel like Seattle's kind of slowing down. And I think teams are starting to figure them out. And I think this was a little bit of worry for everyone with Seattle, with how they were playing and now um, what it's like now. So, Cody, do you believe that Seattle is slowing down or do you think they've just you know, lost two in a row? I think they just lost two in a row. And if I'm being honest, the Seattle Seahawks have definitely overachieved what you and I had even preseason predicted. And I think a lot of analysts can agree on this as well, that we did not think that Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks with Geno Smith were going to be this good. So I just think that, yes, they're slowing down. I think that they still played very well on Sunday, even against us. I I feel like maybe they just kind of went away from the run a little bit too quickly. If I had to, you know, be a devil's advocate for them uh, on how they could have beaten the Raiders, because our run defense is not that great. Um, Obviously that they were able to move the ball down the field um, and we had to come back essentially to beat them. But I do think that Seattle's just going through a rough patch. I mean, obviously that division is a lot weaker now with the Rams basically white waving the white flag. Uh, the Cardinals are basically just, you know, who knows what they're, what's going on over there. Um, you know, I think that the Seattle Seahawks are basically going to have to have a better record than anybody in the NFC East, because it looks like that three out of four teams are going to make it into the playoffs from that division, just because that's how their records are stacking and how good those teams are. But I think for Seattle, like, Yes, they did lose two in a row, so they are slowing down, but they are also still exceeding expectations. And I would not be surprised if they still get in a wild card spot or get back on the winning track. 
it's not like that they fell off a cliff against the Raiders. They still played very, very well. I, you know, I just feel like that we executed a little bit more and we came up with some more plays. I mean, Josh Jacobs had an 86 yard touchdown to end the game in overtime, but they were still fighting to the very end. So I, I think that Seattle will find a way maybe to turn it around. Is it enough to get to the wild card spot? Who knows? Just because, like I said, the NFC East is is so broad right now with how everyone's record is shaping out. But I think, yeah, they're slowing down, but I think that they will get back on a winning streak against some divisional, divisional opponents, and I think that they will be fine. Uh, the first thing that I was concerned about with Seattle and why I believe they are slowing down is I actually, they had no pass rush. I mean, they, I mean, it was non-existent and let's not, let's not, you know, kid ourselves. The Raiders aren't some world beaters on their offensive line. Their offensive (laughs) line is actually arguably worse than last year. Um, and last year I felt like we had so many moving parts. It was ridiculous. And now this year, it seems like we have even more moving parts and worse depth, depth, excuse me. So, um, I, I don't know. It, it was a little concerning for me if you're Seattle um, that you couldn't get pressure on Derek Carr at all. I mean, it, when they did get a little bit of pressure, it felt like they figured it out or he was able to kind of scramble out a couple of times here and there. So I don't know. For me, it was um, it was a little alarming. And I think that's what you're going to start seeing a lot more is uh, you're going to have, probably have more games where Seattle isn't putting pressure on the quarterback because they don't have great pass rushers. And as the season progresses and the season continues and, you know, longer and longer days, it feels like, um, like it's harder and harder to continue having a pass rush. So that is a little concern for me, obvious. And honestly, too, their O-line broke down later in that game. Max Crosby came up with two huge plays. Now, I would argue that right now the defensive player of the year for AFC would be Max Crosby because mm-hmm. he's been phenomenal on a team that hasn't done anything defensively except for what he does. He right. runs the ship. He's getting all of the sacks. Um, he's making big plays um, in the run-stopping department as well. So um, I... I'm actually um, a little concerned for the offensive line as well. I thought they had a pretty decent offensive line, but it's not great. Uh, that's why they were. That's why they ended up going with Geno Smith in the first place was because he's a scrambling guy. Um, listen to your credit, Geno Smith looked great. Um, they really could not run the ball against us, but I do actually think that's if the Raiders have any type of strength on defense. I mean, minus Max Crosby. But um, if they have a a strength on defense, it's stopping the run. I think Denzel Perryman is a guy who, you know, gets after the the running back really quickly. Uh, The middle of their defensive line is actually built for stopping the run, not really pass rushing. Um, And uh, some of our uh, safeties and corners, we have guys who uh, are guys who love to pursue the ball, not necessarily uh, cover the ball. So uh, I, I thought uh, we did a good job there, but I'm not really concerned about like Kenneth Walker. Like I didn't think he was, I didn't think it was his fault. I felt like the off, like I said, the offensive line broke down a lot of times, um, but a little concerning for the Seahawks. They let Josh Jacobs. Now Josh Jacobs is having a phenomenal year mm-hmm. and he's also probably one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. But they couldn't stop him 
once, it seemed like. It just felt like every time Josh Jacobs stopped... I think the one time they stopped Josh Jacobs was the stupid fourth and inches call where they tossed it instead of... Instead of yeah. just running up the middle. And then they tried running up the middle, and it was like Seattle was like, well, yeah, we figured you guys weren't going to do the pitch again. That was stupid. Right. So um, I just felt like there was no stopping Josh Jacobs. And, yes, that was great for the Raiders, but at the same time, it is a little concerning for the Seahawks because it wasn't just like when we needed a big play. It was seemed like every single time he touched the ball. And to be perfectly honest um, – that is really concerning, and that has to that's the thing you have to fix first if you're Seattle because defensively they covered the ball, they covered their receivers really well, even Devontae for a while. Um, but uh, with uh, with the run stop, and there was, it was non existent. So, yeah. uh, Seattle, I think they're slowing down to be honest. And San Francisco was caught in caught fire, uh, mm-hmm. Los Angeles is they're probably pretty much done, uh, Arizona. They're, they're nothing really to me. So um, I think Seattle does still have a chance to possibly make a playoff. Um, but right now I think they're slowing down and I think they can be overtaken. Hey everybody, it's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a 0 to 10 scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal. And it lets you know right at the time of purchase. And right now they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DrewCode at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DrewCode to get $20 off your first order. And we hope to see you at the next game hey i got a follow-up question for you okay so we didn't plan for this so the raiders next six games yeah chargers rams patriots steelers 49ers chiefs do you think with that remaining schedule do you think we'll get to 500 or above 500 I mean, I can see a scenario where we could, but I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to bet that at all. I would. I would never commit to it because here's the thing: I could see them beating the Chargers, but I can also see them losing to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I think we'll beat the Rams. Honestly, if they have Stafford, there's there's a possibility the Rams could still beat us because that defense is still good. Uh, they're not as good as they were last year, but they're still a good defense. Um, you know, the Steelers, that's a good defense, too. Um, I think we could stop their offense. So, um, you know, we'll see, though. I mean, who knows? Um, Patriots have a really good defense, too. That'll be tough. Yeah. So I just I just think you're seeing a lot of good defenses. And in, in the Chiefs, I just don't think we're we're close to their level right now. I, I could see us, like, making a, a random win over the Chiefs. But, again, I, I I'm just... I could see us winning all of those games and I can also see us losing all of those games. And I'm just, I'm still not sold on Josh McDaniels. I know this is crazy. We won what two in a row, Mm -hmm. but it was against the Broncos. And like I said, I feel like the Seahawks are kind of slowing down. Mm -hmm. So I'm not like getting all hype. Like, Oh, the Raiders they're finally, I I still think that this is going to be a, at least a top 15 pick for the Raiders. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic and say they can go three and three because I think the games that they will lose, you know, like I can anticipate them losing to the chiefs. I would hate for them to lose to the 49ers, even though right now 49ers are clearly the better of the two, 
but I just would want them to win because, you know, between us Californians, the 49er and the Raiders rivalry is kind of like an undertone rivalry that is like amongst Californians. But I do see that the Raiders could go three and three. Like, I think that the Rams is a winnable game, even if they have Stafford because they don't have Cooper Cup, nor do they have Allen Robinson any longer for the rest of the season. So that's, I think, plausible for us. I think the Steelers is one that we could win, especially if their offense isn't really moving the ball so much, which Steelers kind of struggle to begin with anyways. And I mean, a third win could go to, you know, like you said, the chargers, they have a real, they have a terrible run defense right now. So, I mean, Josh Jacobs could feast on that or, you know, it could be the Patriots Patriots offense sometimes isn't always clicking with Mac Jones. So I think I can be a little optimistic to say the last six games, they can probably go three and three and that ends us at what seven and 10. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm not going to say that it can't happen, but I just, I'm not going to bet my life on it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just been, I, w- I would burn with the either. Chargers too many times. <laughs> I got it's you. happened way too often. So, all right, Cody, let's move on to the second question here. Uh, let's talk about who the, actually the Raiders going against uh, this week here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chargers. Chargers went for two to win in the final seconds. Are the Chargers a playoff team now? man, this is tough. Cause on paper, they absolutely do look like a playoff team. Um, I would have to say, I, I believe right now at this moment, not yet. And not to say that they won't turn it around, but I think I need to see them with Keenan Allen, uh, for a couple more games. I mean, obviously they had a really good win this past weekend, we're going against them. So I really hope that one of their wins isn't against us, but you know, if it is, it is <laughs> their defense is very, is very suspect. I mean, they have the worst run defense and I think their past defense has gotten really bad as well. I mean, the only thing that really goes well for them is their pass rushing defense is really elite, but you know, once the rushers can't get home, then, you know, their secondary can't hold up for them. So as of right now, I don't think so. Um, do I think they can get hot? I do. I do think they're actually a better team with Keenan Allen in the lineup as their primary receiver than Mike Williams, which is what we saw for like the last six, seven games. Um, so, I mean, I can see them getting on a roll with how their offense is. I feel like with, you know, DeAndre Carter being that like under guy and Keenan Allen being that route runner, I think it kind of does work a little bit. And Austin Eckler has still just been absolutely elite for this offense but they're definitely going to be needing to get into shootouts. Cause I don't think they're going to win with their defense alone, which is the only thing. So as of right now, they're not quite there, but uh, I mean the rest of their schedule, who knows? I think they still have a game against the Broncos coming up, which just got flexed out of the Sunday night football game. That's how bad it is. Um, so yeah, I mean right now, not quite there yet. I think they're getting close though. Yeah. You know, right now, I mean, they're like the, the first odd man out. I believe uh, I think the Jets are just ahead of them. And um, I don't know. You look exactly what you said. You look at the roster. Yeah. A hundred percent. They're, they're a playoff team. But when you like the defense specifically is really weird. This defense is so stacked and I know they have a few injuries. I'm not saying that they don't. Um, but um, I, you know, I don't know. Like it, it just, even their past defense is, is kind of suspect. I mean, I don't, I mean, okay, listen, I'm a Raider fan and I'm talking about how, how the Chargers lost to the Cardinals. Okay. 
I understand the irony here. But listen, I'm not saying I'm not standing here going, "Oh, I think the Raiders are a playoff team." Or I'm I've been sitting here and saying like I don't even know if they're a uh, if they're a playoff team or a, a 500 team. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I'll, I'll admit that, but the Chargers struggling against the Cardinals is a little concerning because that Cardinals defense is okay, but I really do feel like Justin Herbert, I mean, he he was throwing well. I mean, Eckler had some good numbers here and there, but mm-hmm. it just feels like they just can't get it, like, going. And what's really worried, like I said about that defense, is Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach. And he can't get this defense going. It's really weird. Um, I, I, I really kind of hope that the Chargers do. I'm not because I'm rooting for the Chargers or, or anything, but I just feel like it would be a more fun playoff if the Chargers are in it versus the Jets. Because I, as much as I do like how the Jets have been playing, I don't think the Jets can sustain it. I mean, they literally just changed their quarterback. You know what I mean? But their defense is really good, and and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be there. But I would much rather watch the Chargers than the Jets is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I, I'm not I'm not sure if this team I, I'm going to go with no right now, but I do think they will sneak in. Um, if I were again, if I were going to bet anything, I would definitely bet that the Chargers would get in over the Jets. But who knows? Yeah. All right, so we actually have somebody that's asking us a question, Drew, and it's actually a very, very good question. So I'm going to put it up for you, and it's going to be hard to answer, but I need your best response. So (laughs) who is a better quarterback between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow? I was thinking about it while I was talking, so I kept stumbling on my words. By the Um, way, question, by the way. What? I was telling the person, thank you for the question. Oh, yeah, thank you, Hank, yeah. Uh, I know that the... um, that uh, from the backseat podcast, actually, they they had a similar question, or they they asked it themselves. But mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I gotta go, with Joe Burrow. Uh, I love Justin Herbert. I think he's ideally what you look for in a quarterback. But I I just think Joe Burrow has been a winner for a long time. I mean, he just he wins. He even if he throws four picks, he never gives up. And I'm not saying Herbert does, but I mean, you look at the Bengals, the way they started and now what they are right now. And the chargers have kind of been the same team all year. They just, they win games and then they lose a random one and then they win it and then they lose it. And it's just like, you know, we're talking about, we don't know what's up with their defense and yeah, you can give credit to the Bengals defense. I mean, they're doing a great job, Um, you know, and, and, and I think right now they're they're the team to beat in uh, the AFC North right now, but at the same time, like Joe Burrow had some injuries, had some struggles. He's without Jamar Chase, yet they're still just absolutely unloading the ball. Yeah. Um, Justin Herbert, I feel like he still he still hasn't hit what Joe Burrow hit. I mean, we've seen Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl now, and like. By all means, the Bengals had no business being in that Super Bowl. But they were just, for some reason, just on this hot streak. And now Joe Burrow has gotten to that level, and I would say he has surpassed that level from last year. So I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is is the better quarterback of the two. I would say if I'm going to have Joe Burrow ahead of him, Herbert is right behind him if I had a, a ranking. So. 
I mean, they're very close. If you had either one of these quarterbacks on your team, let's say for your franchise, you're set. You just build around them and you'll be okay. But as of right now, I'd agree. I think it's Joe Burrow right now for for the same things that you said. In his rookie season, he has his ACL torn. Second year comes back from a torn ACL. And yes, it was by maybe it was luck. I think it was just his moxie. He was able to get his team to the Super Bowl. And I don't ever see analysts comparing like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow like this question, which thank you again for it. But I have now been seeing is Justin Herbert or Tua better. And if I'm not mistaken, all three of these quarterbacks were in the same draft class and Joe Burrow was taken yeah. in one, which means that Joe mm-hmm. Burrow by all accounts was perceived better than even Tua and Justin. And, mm-hmm. you know, not to say that it's a hit on Justin Herbert per se, but Tua is being, you know, kind of penalized for, you know, not having a strong arm and all this stuff. And in my opinion, to be compared to Tua, I don't want to say is disrespectful, but it kind of knocks you down a peg a little bit. And Joe Burrow, by all accounts, is like MVP caliber, like probably on a lot of people's lists. He's probably an MVP on a lot of them just because the Bengals are a team that just seems to find a way to win. A lot of it is to Joe Burrow and you know, his will to win. And I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that we don't see that from Justin Herbert yet, but I think that there is, there's definitely difference between the two. Like we know, we don't have discussions to about Joe Burrow. If he's better than this quarter, people just know that Joe Burrow is that guy. And Justin Herbert just keeps always getting questioned. Is he going to live up to the hype of the potential? That's in my opinion. But I, if for right now I'm saying Joe Burrow would be the quarterback who I state today is better. Now that doesn't, mean to say that Justin Herbert won't be better in the future because an argument could be made. He's got better arm talent, but talent doesn't always beat just the overall best, you know, like Tom Brady, for example, is the best quarterback hands down, but he's not the most talented, you know, like Manning arguably to be honest, he's, he's never been the most talented. I mean, it was always, it was either Aaron Rodgers was there or uh, Patrick Mahomes came in. I mean, those are arguably the, you know, the best, arm talents we've ever seen right all the times between tom brady and peyton manning back in the day nobody was arguing that they didn't want peyton manning on the team but tom brady was just that winner you know like he came away with the super bowl so you know if if people were to be given the choice between brady and manning with no accolades people would have probably gone manning because of the mechanics uh you know his talent but if everyone just kind of saw it from the end then people would say Tom Brady, but no one saw Tom Brady for talent. They just knew that he was a winner. And that's kind of like this debate right here. So that's my yeah. thoughts on it. Yeah, I would. And to back up my boy, Peyton Manning, um, he was never the best talent. He was just always very, he was just smart. And that's why him and Brady were so great for so many years. They were never the best. I mean, Peyton Manning was very accurate. Tom Brady was very accurate. They never had the strongest arm. That was always, you know, when Peyton Manning was there, it was Brett Favre who had the best arm. Uh, And then Aaron Rodgers came and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen right now and stuff like that. Like, these guys all had stronger arms. But the reason that, you know, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, these guys were so good for so many years was it was up here. They were smarter than they were smarter than most of the people on the field. So, and Hank did have another question, and and I think we've pretty much answered this. I think I I would have Joe Burrow 
Um, he asked also if you had to pick for a game-winning drive, who would you have rather have, Herbert or Burroughs? I would go with Burroughs because, like I said, um, Burrow is a guy who is a winner, so yeah. he's going to figure out a way to win. Same. I'd go Burrow as well. Again, I would take Herbert. Yeah, <laughs> Herbert out of out of majority riddle. of the quarterbacks, but yeah. And I don't want this to be a Herbert bashing because I actually really like him. I I'm mad that he's on the Chargers, but um, I really do like him as a quarterback. I mean, it's the same with Patrick Mahomes. I hate that I have to see him all the time, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad that I do because he is such an incredible talent. Right. I 100% agree. All right. Um. I think uh, I don't know if you want to if you want to skip the next two or if you want if you still want to go into them. It's really up to you because we kind of went long on the on the Herbert uh, Burrow. You know what? Let's skip the next one, which I think is the Ravens. If they're a playoff team, I'm going to say no just to answer that. So we're going to move on from that. I'm going to hold on to Ravens. <laughs> okay, I know you're not pre- feeling great about it, but yeah. I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> Um, I really do think that this question needs to be answered, though, about the Packers. I think this one is a good one. So go ahead. All right. Well, the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers and they lose to the Eagles on Sunday night football. Um, And there's a little concern that um, Aaron Rodgers could be out this week. Uh, They said if he's healthy, that they'll play him. But do you do you think it's time for the Packers to start Jordan Love or do you think that's idiot idiotic. How do you say it? I'm just going to say, is it crazy? Cause I'm not coming off. To, I'm not going to come off dumb. Idiotic. That's the word. There you go. Idiotic. You. Why oh. I came off dumb. Yeah, you're fine. Um, well, as I'm looking at the schedule right now, uh, well, thank you, Hank. We appreciate that comment, but, um, yeah. but as I'm looking at the Packers schedule right now, they're four and eight. Um, I think their chances of getting in the playoffs are very slim. Um, I think this off season could be very crucial for them because they even either have an opportunity to get Aaron Rodgers more weapons or, you know, uh, more pieces, let's say like to that offensive line, maybe to the defense, uh, to maybe pursue another playoff run next year, or what they can do is see what they have in Jordan love to then make that decision. Cause ironically enough, uh, we were a couple of days short of the 15 year anniversary between when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre, uh, due to an injury Sunday night football, very similar situation. Jordan love played really, really well. All things considered in the preseason, he never looks very good, at least in my opinion. So I've always wondered like, is this guy really the real deal? It was good to see that uh, against an Eagles defense, he held his own granted. They were playing like a you know, like a zone prevent defense for the rest of the game. But I mean, he was able to get a touchdown on them. He looked like he was in sync with the receivers. If I'm the green Bay Packers, I'm looking at the schedule. We may be lucky to get to nine wins. If we go on a five game winning streak and that won't even guarantee to get you in the playoffs because you know, you'll only have essentially one more spot because essentially two spots are going to be taken by either somebody coming out of the NFC East or out of the West, in my opinion. And I don't think the Packers are going to be that team that can sneak in there. Like unless the 49ers have an epic collapse, unless the Cowboys or the Giants have an epic collapse, I don't know if the Green Bay Packers can sneak in considering how bad they've looked offensively. And this is with Aaron Rodgers at quarterbacks. I think roll the dice. Let's see what you got in Jordan Love. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, he goes on this win streak that you're hoping for, or he gets his trade value up and maybe you flip him for some draft picks or whatever the case may be. But I think we're at the point now where we need to see what's going on with Jordan Love. 
We know what we're getting with Rodgers. It's not a it's not a playoff berth, and it's certainly not going to be in the Super Bowl, which he basically has not been to in how many years now since 2011, and yet he's dubbed like the bad man, and yet he's had one playoff appearance or one uh, Super Bowl appearance. Excuse me. I mean, we got to see what we got with Jordan Love. You drafted him in the first round. He's just wasting on the bench. So why not see what's going on? So I say go ahead and throw him in there for the remaining of the season and see what happens. Why not? What's going? What's the worst that's going to happen? I get what you're saying, but I'm actually going to back up Aaron Rodgers here. Oh. I think you have to play him. And sure. the reason I say that is you decided that you were going to pay for him. You decided to draft Jordan Love when you still had Aaron Rodgers. You decided that you weren't going to draft all these weapons. Now all of a sudden it's going to change because Aaron Rodgers got hurt? No. You know what? You are going to have to lay in your bed that you made. That is all on the Packers. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I mean, he's a he's an incredible talent. I'm not going to bash him like that. But I I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of in the right in this situation because they didn't have to cave into anything that he mm-hmm. did. If they thought that Jordan Love was the guy to start, they wouldn't have signed Aaron Rodgers. And a lot. And I've heard this too, which I I think is actually false as well. They're like. If you didn't sign Aaron Rodgers, you guys could have gotten Devontae Adams back. I, I still think he would have wanted to play with Las Vegas, to be perfectly honest. I don't think it's anything against Jordan Love. I don't even think it was against uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think he just was a free agent, knew he was going to get paid, no matter where he went, whether he stayed in Green Bay or, or left. And he wanted to play with a friend because he wanted to play with him for a few more years. So that's what he did. And I, I, I mean, I... I, I don't think you're in a different situation if you had Jordan Love all year. So for me, I really do think that this is the Packers doing. They're the ones who decided we're going to pay Aaron Rodgers all this money. We're going to put up with all this bull crap. Okay, now you got to put up with everything else that happens. You're going to have to put up. You're going to have to put up with. Hey, uh, you guys need to get me some receivers. And they're like, Oh well, we drafted Christian Watson and he's been great, but. I, I don't think it's really necessarily Christian Watson doing everything. I think it's more Aaron Rodgers has been really helping him out. Obviously, that one pass by Jordan Love helped. But for the most part, I really think that this is the Packers doing. And now this is what everyone was saying, that what if he gets hurt? What if he decides to retire? Where are you guys? You guys are literally in the same boat that we all said in the beginning before you guys signed him. This is exactly what the issue was. And now you have it a little bit earlier than you thought. And now you guys are screwed. You traded away all your best defensive players. You traded away your best receiver. And you sign Aaron Rodgers to this huge contract. I, I, I'm actually on Aaron Rodgers' side. If you have Aaron Rodgers, you play him. Because if you guys are going to keep doing this, how you've been playing, then you're going to have a top 15 pick. If mm-hmm. you don't, and you, all of a sudden you guys went out, then you can say, hey, we can draft a few, like, you know, we can draft some receivers. We can draft a couple of defense, defensive players, and we're good. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for me, I, I just think you made the bed. You made the Aaron Rodgers bed. You also have to sleep in it, too. It's a good one. I mean, it's hard to argue, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I get what you're saying. I do. I, I understand where everyone would say, let's just, but. The, the fact of the matter is they're paying him this much money. They are not going to bench him. 
Now, if he's right. not a hundred percent, then I can, I can, they can be like, tell the doctor to tell Aaron that he's not cleared, <laughs> and then they'd yeah. be like, yeah. Well, l- l- listen, I'm not saying that they should bench him because they're paying him all this money or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, look, you did, you're offering him a lot of money, a lot of it guaranteed. Wouldn't mm-hmm. it be in the Packers' best interest then to? You're not going to make the playoffs. Can we agree that they're not going to make the playoffs? Can we? Yeah. That? yeah. Okay. What's the point then of playing meaningless games? Rest him, get him healthy. He's got to spend the entire offseason now with these younger receiver cores, maybe build that trust. Christian Watson is kind of gaining that trust as he's caught six touchdown passes in like three games or something weird like that. So why not rest him? Let him get healthy because apparently he has like bruised ribs or punctured lung or whatnot. Let him get healthy. See what you got in Jordan Love. If you want to flip Jordan Love for some draft picks, go right ahead to help Aaron Rodgers. But in my opinion, playing in meaningless games is only going to hurt Aaron Rodgers. If you paid him all this money for this extension, it's in your best interest to protect your investment rather than run him into the ground, in my opinion. Well, technically, it's like a uh, his contract is like three years four, like three one year deals. Right. So. To be honest, if you play him and he gets hurt again, problem solved, kind of like, <laughs> hey, we're going to move on. Sure. <laughs> so I don't know. That's kind of my my thought. Uh, Hank also asked us a question. Uh, Is it Rogers' job to help Jordan Love to develop and become a better player? I feel like we saw this movie with Brett Favre. You're 100% right. We did see this movie before. Here's the thing. It goes to my, it goes to my point exactly. He didn't ask for them to get for them to draft. Now Brett right. Favre didn't either, and arguably Brett Favre did not help Aaron Rodgers. Right. It's been notorious that they did not have a great relationship. Right. So if I'm an Aaron Rodgers personality is not that type of guy. He is not going to do it, whether they ask him to or not. And to be perfectly honest, Aaron Rodgers right now could say, "You guys literally haven't given me anything that I've asked for." <laughs> so other than the cash that I wanted. Um, so I, why am I going to help you guys with, with Jordan Love, who I didn't even want to see? Now, he yeah. are, he would have never wanted. He would have never been okay with them drafting a quarterback. If they even went to him and were like, hey, we're going to draft this quarterback, and he was like, no, they would be like, okay, well, we're still going to draft a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I, I just think it's not his job, no. But... How do we view Alex Smith right now? Alex Smith is this incredible player, incredible team player. This guy was getting to the playoffs every single year um, for for the Chiefs. They just couldn't get over that hump. And no one had seen Patrick Mahomes other than a few writers. And... And uh, sorry, from the back seat, just <laughs> mess. I know who this is. This is probably Ethan. It's probably Ethan. <laughs> yeah. He he really wants to talk about this. Should I send um, it? In? Yeah, yeah. I agree with you, Ethan. It's it's not his job. It's really not his job. I mean, listen. But you can make the argument that if you really want to have that legacy of this guy was a good guy, he was the best. Which I do think um, that Aaron Rodgers is still going to be you know, overall liked in the NFL for what he was in the NFL. But I don't know, man. I just, I feel like, I don't know if it were me, I I feel like I would help the other quarterback. I really would. Um, And that's just my personality. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that type of personality. And, And to be frank, 
to what Ethan is saying, it's not his job. I mean, plain and simple, it's not in his contract. You have to help Jordan Love. It's really not his job. It yeah. would be nice. It would be great for the yeah. for Green Bay, but you know, I mean, I, I it's not his job. And like I said, Brett Favre never did it for him, and mm-hmm. it turned out well for Aaron Rodgers because he studied Brett Favre. He studied what he did right and what he did wrong. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers never throws interceptions? Because Brett Favre threw a ton, and he was like, "I'm not going to do that." But if you yeah. look, I always had watched this. Aaron Rodgers has the exact same move of play action that Brett Favre does. If you watch it side-by-side videos Mm -hmm. of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, they literally have the same exact play action move. It's crazy. And that's because he watched what Brett Favre did really well. Brett Favre was a very good play action quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers has made it better for sure. Um, And, that's my opinion. I just, I just don't think it's his job. I would like him to, but I don't think it's his job. Yeah, I don't have any more to add. This kind of reminds me of the Ryan Tannehill fiasco with, um, with uh, Malik Willis, where he basically just said a comment that is essentially what you're saying: is it's not my job to come in and train him mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I mean, they're teammates. They're going to be teammates. They're going to yeah. bond. You know. Don't Willis say it in learn. public. <laughs> Probably not Willis- the best thing to say it in public. But, yeah. you know, if you're not going to, then don't. You don't have to yeah. say it. I mean, I mean, Willis is going to train with him. They're going to have the same access to coaches. That's really what it's more or less like. Like, get your knowledge from those that have played longer than Aaron Rodgers. Like, yes, Aaron Rodgers or whoever is a is a good quarterback, but you're going to get to learn how to play NFL football from your coaches, watching game time action, getting your reps, but you got to earn your reps. It's not like they're going to just come to you. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure Aaron Rodgers or Tannehill for all intents purposes of this conversation are both probably saying like, look, we're competitors. I'm not losing my job for you. You need to earn it. If you're going to out, if you're going to outplay me or take this starting role, you need to play outplay me in practice. You need to work harder than me, but it's not going to come easy. Like, but I imagine they're going to do typical teammate stuff. You're not going to leave your teammate hanging. You're not going to be like that. Cause you know, there's never been a record of Aaron, Aaron Rodgers doing that. But, you know, I agree with you, Drew. I agree with Ethan. It's not his responsibility. That's on the coaches to get him prepared or, or whatnot. So, yeah. All right. Um, Hank did ask one more question. I think we should answer it. And then I think we're going to, I think we just need to skip the Lakers question, but we'll still do the MVP question. Okay. So right. Hank asked, what do the Niners do with Jimmy G if they win the Super Bowl? I think you got to keep Jimmy G in my opinion. I know this whole Trey Lance thing, you tra- you traded for him and all that, but if he gets to if he wins you a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I mean you can make the case to trade high. You could definitely make that case and you know go with Trey Lance for the rest. Of- I I don't think Trey Lance is, is a flop for any means, but I think he has I, I don't know. I just think he's got He's got too many uh, injury factors that I could see him having. Um, he was injured uh, the year before COVID, and then he had the, the COVID year. So it was like, and then he comes in, finally gets starting, and two games in, he's he's hurt. I mean, Jimmy G had had his, um, you know, big-time injuries, but I think he's learned from it. And I feel like he's been, in the last two years, he's been available for, for the <laughs> Niners. So I don't know, man. I I'm I'm kind. Of, I've always liked Jimmy G. I think he 
should have been a little more um, respected by the Niners in in this case. I, I didn't. It made zero sense for them to go after another quarterback, in my opinion. Um, you know, some people may may feel like Jimmy G wasn't it, but I felt like he was doing well. I mean, he's a guy. He is he the best talented quarterback? No, but he really fit what they. He really did what they asked him to do. Um, and he just couldn't make the deep ball throws, which they rarely did anyway. So it was kind of like, why do you need to? And of course, it hurt him in the Super Bowl. And so they're like, oh, Jimmy G sucks. And it's like, no, it's just he's never been able to do that. So and they asked him to do the, the impossible for some reason, and it, we were shocked that it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I I just I like Jimmy G. I I think he should be the quarterback. Um, and if they still can't make up their mind, if I'm Jimmy G, I'm saying, get me the heck out of here. If I'm Jimmy G, I'm out of there regardless. I mean, it, if Trey Lance hadn't gotten injured, he's not, he's still not playing. So why would I want to stay with a franchise that already had given somebody else my job, you know, for the most part? I mean, this is kind of reminding me of the Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes situation, but Patrick Mahomes showed it in practice that he was that kind of a quarterback and it worked out for them. Trey Lance like has a lot of potential and they were hopeful that he would turn out well, but you know, unfortunately got injured in the second game of the season. And thankfully Jimmy G was still there, which God bless him for being the professional that he is. But I think he's earning himself a contract somewhere else to go to a city that's going to maybe appreciate him. Um, and to Hank's credit. Yes. I mean, Jimmy G has a better win loss record than Montana and Steve young, which is ironic, but you know, I don't think the 49ers are going to want to keep him. I think, you know, if he brings them a title, maybe he's a great trade asset. That's great. But I don't, if I'm Jimmy G, I'm going somewhere else that's willing to pay me. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back with the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like that's, I know that's kind of a wild one, but I wouldn't no, be surprised. Did you see the that. story? It's going to be Tom Brady going back. I don't believe that. Tom, I mean, if we go into those conspiracy theories, we'd be here all night. But anyways, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right, Ethan, with your with your comment regarding Jimmy G. But I don't I think he's out of there regardless. They can win the Super Bowl, lose the Super Bowl, not make the playoffs, make the playoffs. Jimmy G is not coming back. I think this is his last year. And, you know, I think it's I think that's okay to say, like, this is it. Like, you know, he gave him everything he can. The fan base or whoever didn't give him an opportunity to get over the hump. Maybe he just doesn't have it in him. Get him into another team that might be willing to do that. I mean. Who knows? I hear Stafford's injured. Who knows if he stays with the Rams? It'd be an interesting one for Jimmy G to go to the Rams, play the 49ers twice a year. Who knows? But I don't think Jimmy G stays, even if they win the Super Bowl. All right, Cody, let's go into our MVP talk. Okay, so um, I told you to make your top five MVP favorites. Um, so I will let you decide whether you want to start from your fifth going up to your number one, or if you want to go to number one to number five, I'll let you do that. But who is your top five? All right. So I'll go five to one. Do you want me to rush through it quickly? Or do you want me to, to, to go on a tangent? Do you No, you just... I would, I would just rush through it quickly. Um, somewhat, you know, maybe give a couple of stats if you have stats, um, or maybe just okay. a little brief, uh, summary on why you have, uh, four ahead of five. You know, invite and okay, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I got you. So, five for me would be Josh Allen. 
as of right now. And I say that just because there's been some games that he's lost them. And I think that kind of plays into a part of it. Um, four, and this is just because I am actually, I, well, I was watching a little bit of Thanksgiving game and I saw Micah Parsons basically just kill the Giants. And I think Micah Parsons should be somewhere in the top five in the MVP. So I have him at number four. I have Joe Burrow at number three for the MVP. I have Patrick Mahomes at number two. Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, he can go one or two, but number one for me would be Jalen Hurts just because of the record that he has for the Eagles. It was hard for me to not include Tua in here, but I think that Tua is benefiting from just having an onslaught of weapons. And I I feel like the players that I put ahead have had to earn basically their top five for me. This is completely arbitrary, so this has nothing to do with anything. But I think a lot of people have two in their top five. I think that's kind of lazy because Tua has, you know, two of the greatest speedsters at his disposal, plus like a, a crazy offense in general. So my top five is just because I feel like that they've had to, they've had to face more and earn more to get to that spot. And I, the number four spot for me, again, like I said, Micah Parsons was for you, Drew, because of, uh, I know that you want defensive guys to get some love. Yes, I do. All right, so I'm going to go from five to one, just like you did. Uh, oh, you know what? Why don't you say your repeat your top five uh, real quick? Top five MB, MVP candidates for me is five, Josh Allen, four, Micah Parsons, three, Joe Burrow, two, Patrick Mahomes, number one, Jalen Hurts. Okay. All right, mine is a little different. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you kind of slandered one of, one of my guys. So we're going to go into that. But, uh, number five, I have Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow has been spectacular. I mean, he had one four interception game and since then he's been, I mean, just a freaking beast, man. I mean, we, you and I have him in, in a fantasy league and he's been solid rock solid uh, and we thought we were going to be switching him out with uh, matthew stafford every now and then as my dog decides to scratch right next to me thanks a lot hamilton okay anyway ethan really loved my two of being in my top five so i love it yeah don't worry i'm gonna set him straight ethan no worries here um so joe burrow 3160 passing yards 23 uh passing touchdowns four rushing touchdowns so 27 total eight picks and a completion percentage of 68.2 percent i mean exactly where you want to be so uh all great numbers and it looks like right now like i said the Bengals are the team to beat in the afc north in my opinion number four i got tua Listen, he's got, yes, he's got two great receivers, Cody, but you cannot deny that he is absolutely playing out of his freaking mind. You cannot, you can't <laughs> deny it. I know, I know that you don't like, you don't think Tua is that great. I'm with you. I don't think Tua is as good as what his numbers are saying, but right. you also cannot deny how he has been playing lately, especially since he's been. Right. Since he came off the injury, he's been playing better than what he was. Mm -hmm. um, 2,564 passing yards, 19 throwing touchdowns, three picks. Three picks, Cody. 69.7 uh, completion percentage, and he's got a rating of 115.7. I mean, that's that's uh, that's really good. So, two is my number four. I got Jalen Hurts mm -hmm. at my number three spot. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying Tua over Jalen. 
But I gotta say, yeah, Jalen has Jalen has been uh, good all year long. Like I said, I, Tua has been really good all year. Not saying that he isn't, but I feel like he's played better of late. With Jalen Hurts, I feel like he's been playing consistently the same way. He's thrown for two thousand five hundred sixty yards, so identical to Tua. And Tua did miss two games, so you know you can make that argument there. But they're not asking Hurts to throw every single time. They're also having him. Um, having him run the football but we could also make the argument cody he's got aj brown he's got dallas goddard he's got Devonte smith he's got some good weapons cody so should we kick him out of the top five too okay hold on hold on what weapons would you rather have would you rather have jalen waddle and tyree kill or aj brown and smith if we're talking about receivers Yes, yeah. I would take the Dolphins. But you're adding, you have Dallas Goddard. The Dolphins have some good running backs, but Miles Sanders has been good and Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts is at, they're asking him to run probably, mm-hmm. it seems like more than Miles Sanders. So I got to be honest, man. I Yes, you can make the case that Tyreek and Jalen are better, of course. Right. But at the same time, if we're going with, Oh, who's got the better weapons? You could make an argument that the Eagles have more weapons than the Dolphins. The Dolphins have two great receivers, but after that, I think you would take you know Dallas Goddard over uh, Gusecki any day of the week. So anyway, just just wanted to put that out there, kind of slander your name a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> Jalen Hurts. You know got, you don't even believe that bullcrap. I do believe it. Um, Jalen Hurts, 17 passing touchdowns. He's got eight rushing touchdowns, so 25 total. Three picks, 597 Mm -hmm. rushing yards, um, and he's got 67.3 completion percentage. I do think that he's really benefiting from the team that is around him, but he's Mm -hmm. doing what they've asked him to do. So that's all you want. Um, Number two, I have Patrick Mahomes. I honestly almost put him number one. But I, yeah. I, I'm not surprised with Patrick Mahomes. Not surprised at all. Um, I mean, 3,585 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, eight picks. I feel like he's been taking a lot more chances uh, this year. Mm-hmm. But it really hasn't hurt him. I mean, they've been really good. Uh, he actually has a rushing touchdown as well. And he's 66.1 completion percentage with... The best tight end in the game, and then after that, um, I don't think Juju has been everyone thought he was going to be. Um, I don't think there's any other receiver that's been like phenomenal for the Chiefs. I just mm-hmm. feel like Mahomes finally is able to just spread the ball how he wants to spread it. He doesn't have to worry about feeding a guy other than Kelsey, of course. Um, and the running backs haven't been that great for the Chiefs, and yet they're still winning all these games. I mean, honestly, the the big worry for me is is the Chiefs' running game. Like, it's almost not. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Pacheco. There's a couple of games where he looks great, and then all of a sudden, it's you know Clyde edwards helaire He all of a sudden emerges, or then they they throw in. Um, uh, I think it's McKinnon. You know, so it's just yeah. like it, it's not solid, and it's it's not great. So, anyway, I'm gonna yeah. stick with my number one though, Micah Parsons. That's right. Who Micah Parsons? Is my number one guy. <laughs> 37 solo door. tackles, 50 total tackles. Uh-huh. This guy has 12 sacks, which is, is second in the league, but his pressure mm-hmm. percentage is incredible. And that's what I really, 
this guy yeah. he literally is a game changer and, and and we were i was uh we talked to from the backseat before they asked us this question and i said i really do believe that it's michael parsons because he is wrecking games he's absolutely changing the momentum of games and he's still doing that i don't think this cowboys team is that great their offense is not really moving how you think they are. It's really that defense is really putting the Cowboys' offense in great situations. And the main reason is Micah Parsons. Not only does he have 12 sacks, but he's got 29 quarterback pressures that I uh, looked up on uh, uh, football reference here. He has 10 quarterback hits, 7 hurry passes. So 17 out of 29, that is a 58.6% pressure percentage. So more than half of time he is pressuring the quarterback, he is either rushing the pass or he's hitting the quarterback and making his presence known. And then obviously you add 12 to that uh, with the sacks. He's almost there 100% of the time every time he's pressuring the quarterback. I mean, he is absolutely phenomenal. Um, So... I don't know. I, I I like Micah Parsons. I know this is he's not going to win. I understand that. But if I were going to vote, I would vote Micah Parsons because I do think he is changing what the Cowboys are doing. We we anticipate that Patrick Mahomes is going to be great. We just weren't sure how it was going to look without Tyreek Hill and all that. You know, we mm-hmm. anticipate. We knew that we've, we you and I were talking about it. You know, we think we thought that the Eagles were going to be really good. It's a great defense. They have great weapons that they added. All Jalen Hurts has to do is execute, and he has. Tua, same thing. They gave him those two weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see how he executed, and so far he's executed. Same thing with Joe Burrow. Hey, we gave him Jamar Chase instead of going after offensive line. Then they signed a, a couple offensive linemen in the uh, free agent market. Let's see if he can execute it. He has. Josh Allen, you can make the same argument. They gave him Stephon Diggs. It looks like Gabriel Davis has mm-hmm. got a really good connection. And Isaiah McKenzie has been really good. And they have virtually no running game. And yet it's still it's been working for them. Micah Parsons, they haven't really given him any of the defensive players other than Diggs. I will give you that. Diggs has been good. But no one thought Diggs was going to be good last year. This year... Even people were saying, oh, he might he might drop down. But I think Micah Parsons, he's been an absolute game wrecker since he's been here. And I think he's made that defense 100% better. Um, I, I would vote Micah Parsons, even though I know he has zero chance of winning. What's going on, everybody? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We are proud to announce that Drew Code is a proud member of the Fanatics affiliate program. If you don't know what Fanatics is, Fanatics is a -a one-of-a-kind, unique sports apparel website that sells officially licensed NFL, NBA, MLB, college sports, and WWE gear. Fanatics is where all your favorite leagues and teams are available to buy. Drew and I, of course, are diehard Raiders fans and Giants fans, so of course, we are going to Fanatics.com to get all of the latest gear for our teams to be the most represented. Right Right now, you can click the link in the description below to purchase your favorite team's officially licensed gear now. Follow us on social media and get the latest news on discounts and promos. We'll see you there. Well, I'm glad you know that because as much as I like Micah Parsons, he is not number one on my list, but I got it. I got it. You're fanboying. I got it. It's fine. 
I'll make sure I get you his jersey for Christmas or something. I mean, I would. I honestly, I would. I would even put Max Crosby up there. But again, they're not winning, so there's this. Yeah, uh, if we're talking zero, defensive player of the year, if there was a negative number, oh, that's true. He did. He did say that. Yeah, I do remember you saying that, Ethan. Yes. All right, Cody. Let's move on. Let's move on, sir. Um. So we're gonna skip the Lakers topic because, uh, they're not relevant <laughs> right now. Um. Yes, I agree. I think Mahomes is gonna be MVP right now. I really do. Anyway, um, so Cody, so let's talk about uh, the San Francisco. Well, let's talk about the hot stove. All right, but we're we're going to be talking a lot about the Giants because um, I'm hoping that the Giants just absolutely unload their bank account on so many players. Uh, I wish I got made fun of on TikTok. They were like, "Oh, you're you're saying that the Giants." No, I didn't say that the Giants are going to get all these players. I said they should go after them. All right. So whoever that was, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Maybe listen to the podcast. Okay. All right. I'm done bashing guys. But um, the winter meetings are coming up this Sunday, uh, December 4th. The winter meetings start, and I believe it's going through the 7th is what I read. So, I mean, obviously we've been linked to, like, Aaron Judge. Uh, There's been links to Carlos Correa. Uh, Trey Turner, uh, Carlos Rodon coming back. There was an initial uh, Jacob Degrom, but it doesn't. Even though now it looks like he was, he was. It looked like he was going to go to the Rangers, and now it looks like he's like completely out of the Rangers radar. So, um, I mean, I guess there's a chance that the Giants could go after him, but I don't think they will. Um, but Cody, I mean, some players that you've heard uh, that you would kind of like to see the Giants go after, and for you at least. Well, so what makes it tough is I'm hearing like what you said, hearing players like Trey Turner, Carlos Correa. I don't know how I feel about Correa. I mean, I guess um, Trey Turner would be nice, but I think because he was with the Dodgers organization, I don't see him going to a divisional rival. I think once you either go to the Giants or the Dodgers, like you don't really mix well with rivalries, which is kind of ironic to say, considering Jock Peterson was a former. So that's a Jock Peterson. Yeah, I know. And he's still, <laughs> now he's a giant, but I just don't see Trey Turner going over to the giants. I would love to see that. Don't get me wrong. I've, I feel like he would help our defense a lot. He would definitely make us a little bit, um, you know, offensively, he would help out a lot with being able to get on base a lot quickly, a lot quicker. Excuse me. I just think though, that this whole off season is kind of predicated on Aaron judge. And I know, he may not have the same success as he had in New York as if he's in San Francisco, but I just think that it just goes more than just his bat. I think it's, you know, just bringing a hometown kid home and being able to have a, a elite hitting presence like judge. Um, I believe also too, it'll help attract other free agents in the future. If we have someone like him to build around, but you know, DeGrom, I've heard that he's not interested in the giants as well. Um, I'm actually, I did hear earlier today though, that, uh, that, uh, Radon may resign with us. Like he's interested in a reunion, which is great. Um, but I mean, it just depends. I, re- I'm hoping that the giants also like open up their, their bank account and just start signing players. That make sense. I'd really love them to improve their defense, really get some bullpen help. Um, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, you're, you've been more dialed into this than I have. So you tell me what players have you heard that you're really 
I mean, other than judge, who are you hoping for that we go with? And Ethan, I don't appreciate your, uh, the Padres on this show <laughs> right now, but, uh, but First no, of all, all, the series, Padres so. already lost Mike Clevenger, uh, Ethan. So there, there goes your world series right there. <laughs> he was the, he was a linchpin. Um, but anyways, Drew, so who other than judge, who are some other players that you've been hearing that you've been, that you've been hoping that the giants go after? Well, um, I've even been seeing Hamilton. Can we not? Sorry, my dog is like trying to lick this stand that I have on my phone on, so it's like wobbling, and I'm like, please, guy. Anyway, um, so Aaron Judge, I have been, I've been hearing that. Obviously, he got that. Uh, there's been a report that the Yankees like absolutely. Um, put 300 million, I think it was three years in front of him, uh, which I mean, good God, only, only the Yankees and Dodgers could ever. Uh, but anyway, uh, oh, an overpay. Are you kidding me, Ethan? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I completely agree. He's, uh, he's done clubbing sure. Sorry. If you're not reading the comments, well, shame on you. But anyway, uh, Ethan is, is bad mouthing Mike Clevenger and I'm, I'm not here for it. Um, but, um, anyway, like I've been hearing that even with that big contract, it still seems like the giants are still very much in play. Um, and I think the giants would, would honestly be able to pay that no problem because they really aren't paying anyone other than Jock Peterson Mm -hmm. now. Um, and so I think we could match that, uh, but there still is a chance that we lose him. And and if we do, of course, we're going to be upset about that. But there still are a lot of really good players out there. And I have been the guy who has been saying I would rather have Trey Turner. I think Carlos Correa is a good is a good player, but I think Trey Turner is that much is that much better because he's got speed. He's a really good defensive uh, shortstop. I think he's better than Correa. And also, if you wanted to, where we're, we're keeping Brandon Crawford right now, you could move uh, Trey Turner to the second base and until, you know, Crawford leaves. Or you could – they've even been talking about they're going to move Crawford to third base. So either way, I, I would I, I would be okay if we got Correa um, because there was an argument that uh, the Giants writers were making that – um, you know, you can you can make the case that even though Carlos Correa was part of the the cheating Astros, uh, they still stopped the Dodgers from winning a World Series. So, you know, there is always that. Um, but I I feel like I would rather go after Trey Turner in my opinion. Um, but uh, I mm-hmm. wouldn't be mad with Correa. I've also actually hear rumblings uh, again with the same with the same writer. Um, they actually really might take a look at Xander Bogarts. Uh, who I've always liked for a long time. I think Xander Bogarts is a very underrated shortstop. Now his defense isn't great, so you know, are the Giants are the Giants really going to be able to afford to pass on, uh, you know, the other two guys and get Xander Bogarts kind of lose that defense a little bit? I think they still could, um, but I don't think they would. I think if Correa or Turner uh, would want to sign, if they could even get both, I actually wouldn't be uh, opposed to that. Uh, but this is all predicated on what happens with Aaron Judge. That is going to be the end-all, be-all. If the Giants get judged, then it's going to change how they're going to be able to spend money. They're going to only be able to get like one other um, offensive threat, um, and then they're going to have to go look at uh, pictures. If they don't get Aaron Judge, 
I think they actually have more money that they could spread around and sign a lot more guys. Um, so as much as everyone wants the Giants to sign Judge and as much as I want them to sign Judge, at the same time, you can make an argument that maybe they shouldn't because you could get Carlos Rodon back. You could still get uh, like a Trey Turner or Carlos Correa and possibly both of those guys or like a Xander Bogarts. I think you could absolutely make that case. Um, but um, they're also going after a Japanese uh, picture named uh, Kodai Senga, which I probably absolutely butchered. But um, he is supposed to be, he's like the top pitcher in, in Japanese baseball right now. So, um, you know, they're trying to, if they get him, they're trying to entice also Judge to come. And if that's the case, they still may even be able to get Carlos Rodon. But if we do that route, we may not be able to get like a Correa, uh, a Turner, possibly Bogart still uh, in that scenario. And if we did, then we would actually feel a lot better about getting Bogarts than, than um, if we were going to take, you know, if we didn't get Judge or, or Senga or anything. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts pretty much. Um, and we don't know how everything is going to, um, <laughs> we, you know, we don't know how everything is going to, uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm <laughs> just reading that. Uh, we don't know how everything's going to unfold. We don't know how the Giants are really going to want to spend money. As a Giants fan forever, we've never been the kind of team that spends money. And we kind of need to. I mean, this is a day and age where you kind of have to at least sometimes. Mm-hmm. We Last year, we spent a lot of money on Carlos Rodon. And it worked out. And it's kind of like, okay, so why are, why were we hesitant after we signed him? So it kind of makes sense now. I mean, the the rumors are like, hey, maybe maybe Otani next year. Listen, as much as I would love Otani, um, I'm not sure you could save up enough money to where Otani you could entice Otani to come. Um, I just think that you have a better shot with with all that, how they saved up money for Aaron Judge. I think that was the smarter move because as much as, yes, you want to get Otani, there's not a guarantee there. With Judge, there's the hometown um, hometown bias there for San Francisco, and they had they saved up a ton of money for this. So I don't know. There, there's a lot that's going to go on, but honestly, it really is going to depend where Aaron Judge lands. If he stays with New York, then the Giants, I think you're going to see them go after for sure, Correa, in my opinion, as much as I kind of don't want to, I'd rather go after Turner. I think they'd go after Correa and possibly both, and or Correa Bogarts, or they would get Correa, get re-sign Rodon, and then uh, uh, some of the other names after that. But we'll see what happens. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, keep your eyes peeled if you're if you're a baseball fan because this weekend is going to be absolutely nuts for the signing. I agree. All right, man. We've exhausted everything. Trying to backtrack. Actually, no, I'm not backtracking. <laughs> How dare you? By the way, I love Aaron Judge. He's he's a Fresno product uh, for college anyway. So, yeah. of course, I want to see him. But it is a lot of money, and you could put that money elsewhere. So, not saying I'm opposed to it, but also not saying that I wouldn't be completely a wreck. If uh, if uh, we didn't go after him, so there you go, Ethan. I'm not backtracking. <laughs> anyway, 
All right, Cody, any, any final thoughts for you, sir? No, man, that was actually a pretty jam packed show. I wasn't lying when I said it, but it just didn't go in the order I thought, but it worked. It went well. I loved it. So it was great. Yeah. yeah. I've also been seeing like uh, a lot of people saying the giants want it like Bellinger and, and, and uh, Kenley Jansen, that was the other one. Listen, Jansen actually would help. I mean, Jansen is not what he used to be, but that actually would help us a little mm-hmm. bit from the bullpen standpoint. Bellinger, a lot of people are saying because he's a good defensive guy and he seems like a Giants, you know, signee where we go after defense and just hope that his offense finally starts clicking. I don't see them going after both. I don't see. I don't think. I you can make the case that maybe Bellinger. Maybe Bellinger, but I don't think Jansen's going to come to the Giants. I really, I think he's, I think he hated the Giants when he was there and with LA. So I don't think he would. But Bellinger, I think there is a good case that he could because Farhan Zaidi was was the guy that was there when they drafted him, and so he's got a connection with him. So I'm sure uh, that's a possibility. How did you feel about anyway. Jose Abreu going to Houston? Good for him, man. I mean, as much as I hate Houston and I don't want to see them succeed, it's a smart move because he's been with Chicago for a long time. He's been an absolute stud there, but he's just been completely undervalued because the White Sox just can't seem to pull it together. I mean, I thought they were going to be a playoff team this year, and they just couldn't couldn't get over it. Yep. And for some reason, I just think Jose Abreu deserves a little bit better. And I think this is a really smart move for um the astros because i think now you're getting a better bat in your lineup yuli gurriel was he's a good player but now you could you can put abreu there at first base here and there or you can dh abreu however you want to do it so sounds cool all right man anything else no i think that's it man we've exhausted everything i hear my son babbling so that means i'm gonna have to put him down to to sleep here so (laughs) All right, I guess. All right, well, thank you guys so much. We do appreciate you guys uh, watching and interacting with us. Ethan and Hank, really appreciate you guys for uh, commenting and uh, making us laugh here and there. Uh, I didn't get to read Ethan's big, long message. Also, Giants really need to just go in for Judge, although the numbers would go down. Giants need a player. Okay, the, the numbers thing, I do agree that his numbers would go down. But I did also hear that Clark said it would be a career killer. It's not going to be a career killer. This guy is unbelievably powerful. And he's going to hit his... He's still going to get over like 30 home runs. Hey, buddy. Go back. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he's also a really good defender. And I think he's completely underrated... um, on his defense he's he's a really good defender and i think he would he would work really well with with the giants so um i don't think it would be a real career killer i don't think he's gonna you know i i would say he's probably not going to be in the running for like home run leader possibly i mean i still think he could but i don't know i i i don't think it's a career killer but i just i just i worry about his injury history that's that's another thing i do worry about but it's such a great fit for the Giants. Aaron Judge and the Giants, it just makes him. Sorry, my son, he wants to say hi. He's He was crying, so now he has to say hi. Hold on. Come here, bud. You want to say hi to Cody? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. You already saw him. 
Here. Can you say hi? Say hi in the mic. Say hi. Hi, buddy. Did you hear him? Yeah. Hi, bud. I hear Cody, brother. I hear Cody, yay. You hear Cody? I hear Cody. Yeah, say hi. Hi, Cody. Hi, Cody. I'm good. How are you, buddy? Uh, mommy goes Oh, Mama's over there, huh? Yes, yeah, I hear. Mama's on her phone. Oh, okay. Mama's on her phone. <laughs> All right, let me close this out. Let me close this out so you can go do your thing. So, anyways, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us. I can't thank you all enough for listening and hanging in there with us and getting a special appearance by cam who of course is stealing the show uh again guys thank y'all so much <laughs> ethan is uh is really calling me out right now i'm sure i know <laughs> anyways guys thank you all so much for joining us real quickly please uh, visit all the links in our bio such as fanatics.com seatgeek uh, fnxfit.com go visit our Amazon links and all that good stuff so we are signing off for now guys don't forget to subscribe and download the podcast and our YouTube channel thank you all so much Good night, Cam I'll see you later I'll probably see you in the morning and thank you to everybody Good night. bye buddy bye bye oh, yeah. alright guys thank you all so much for joining us we'll see you next week alright see ya sorry guys <laughs>